Hey everybody, welcome into episode four, five of the Corporate Global Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hawes. And I'm your host, William Spicer. Got a great show for you today. That we do. Coming up today, we have an NFL Week 3 recap. We're going to recap some trades that went down in the league, talk about our matchups, Spicer and I's awards, talk about that pesky AFC South. Spicer, how are you feeling after Week 3? Oh, still as I always have that. It's all gonna come. The wheels are gonna fall off the bus sooner or later. But we'll get to that when it comes. <laughs> oh, that we will. Well, Spicer, you and I are sitting pretty atop the league, first and second place, uh, second week in a row where we were the top two scorers within a, a half point of each other. So, I guess that gives us some kind of authority. I don't know, but I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'll enjoy it while it lasts. Um, I want to start, Spicer, uh, I guess just fresh off that Monday night game. The Chiefs are looking like repeat champs. Uh, yeah, they look pretty good. That uh, I don't know who is, ha- like, what style of team is going to beat them. Hmm. Like, I think that's what I realized. Because in my opinion, like, you know, the Ravens are perfectly matched, like, to are, are built to beat that team in terms of, like, playing defense being really fast on defense relative to other teams like and they just couldn't get it done and the Chiefs and the Ravens are also a team that like pretty like balanced attack like can really come at you just like probably the closest offense to like the Chiefs and they were just like shut down like one of the most anemic offensive displays I have seen in a long time yeah, and I wonder, too, how much we saw the impact of uh, no fans in the stadium last night. Uh, it probably felt really bizarre for the Ravens to be at home and to get down early and just not have any... There was just no chance. Like, they really... I mean, they did, I guess, draw it to uh, seven towards the end of the game, but then just the Chiefs went right back to saying, no, 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 we're going to blow you out. Um I thought they, I thought the Chiefs looked amazing, and yeah, similar. I, I had the exact same thought, like who is going to beat them? Um, but we, I th- feel like we have that thought every year about a team, uh, and then somebody like the Titans shows up, and you're like, oh, well, some that team beat them. I don't know how, but they do. So we'll see who that is this year. Um, I was also wanting to talk about the uh, the poor misery of the Falcons. Oh my gosh, how do they do it, dude? <clears throat> I don't know. I didn't. I didn't watch much of that game. Just, you know, it just felt like, you know, when you have red zone on during the Titans game, that none of the team just, like, got in the red zone. It was, like, a 22-yard place. I just guess never really saw them in some defensive plays, I think. But, you know, Nick Foles bringing it back. Raised from the dead. He does it again. I don't know how, but there's just something about him that's like, oh, you need me to revive this this team? Sure, let me do it. Uh, very bizarre that he uh, he came in and, and brought him to a win. It uh, it's kind of fitting in a sad way. I feel like that he was able to bench Mitch Trubisky, uh, continuing the woes for the for touchdown to Abby for Rob Griffith. Um, feel bad for him on that one. Lost another starter there, but who knows? It's a long season, and uh, maybe Foles' magic won't won't run the whole way. Um, And then the other thing I wanted to point out was uh, we had our first tie already, week three. What a stupid thing that can happen in sports. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, I was watching that that game. You know, I will say, like, that team, like, that game was pretty entertaining just because Joe Burrow, but, like, 
other that overtime was also just painful to watch. It was like no one could do anything. Type. Of, it, yeah. It it felt bad to watch. That was rough. Uh, if you're the Eagles in that scenario when they were like gonna have to kick a 64 yard field goal with however many seconds left or punt, uh, do you? Or I guess not punt. Well, they did punt, but either kick the field goal or give the ball to them with like 10 seconds at the 50. What do you do in that scenario? Oh, I, th- I, if it's a me, I'm either going to throw a Hail Mary or punt it. Like hmm. how many seconds were left? I think 15. So just enough time to like give Jer- Joe Burrow like one big pass and set up a game winning field goal. If yeah. You miss. I, I run a play. Like I run a play because my whole, my whole thinking is that, I don't want to kick a field goal, one, because of the return. On a 64, like, they could set up a return. I don't have coverage people on that special team. And then the second one is, like, I'm going to turn the ball over on downs 99% of the time on this play. And so, like, if that's about to happen, I'm just going to chuck it or at least take a shot. Like, it's no worse than me missing the field goal. But, like, the chance of return, I actually have some athletes out there and I still get a shot. And if I get a first down, maybe who knows what happens, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's a, a tough call. I, I just hate punting. I don't know. I mean, I guess a tie is a tie, but you you don't have any wins if you're the Eagles. You're 0-2 already. I just getting the tie. Okay, good good job. That's not a loss, I guess. Um, yeah, I probably would have either thrown a Hail Mary or, I, I mean, the 64-yard field goes long, but I feel like Jake Elliott's supposed to be a good kicker. Um, Seahawks looked awesome. Russell Wilson continuing his potential MVP season. Uh, Cowboys defense rough, uh, just giving up lots of, lots of points every game. So th- their game should be continually fun to watch. Um, but let's not waste any time. Let's get into these trades that we had this week. We got three to cover. Uh, the first one, probably the most exciting. This is pre-week three fantasy-wise, so this actually had an impact on this week's games. We had the first ever three-team trade. What did you think when you saw that come across the ticker? Oh, quite exciting. I also thought, man, these people are crazy. They're just trading everybody. I'm pretty sure, I don't know if Noah and the Flaming Hot Cheetahs have a single player left on their roster who they drafted already. I'm I'm unsure. Yeah, my, the same could probably said about my yeah. team. I, uh, I think only two of my starters maybe are still from the original startup draft, but I like where where I'm at. Uh, so for those for those listening, I traded away Saquon Barkley and a 2022 third round pick, and I got back a 20 something pick, 2021 third or fourth or something like that. But more importantly, I got back Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Pretty clear play here for me because I do feel like my team is built to win the championship this year. And with Barkley going down and me only having the two rookie running backs, I was kind of nervous about relying on them. I do think Barkley will come back and be at least close to himself. ACL injuries don't seem to uh, hurt running backs now as much as they used to. So he should be fine. But for this year, I needed another star. So Dalvin running back. Dalvin running back. <laughs> That's his name. <laughs> Dalvin running the back. Well, there we go. I love Dalvin running back. And he, uh, I didn't necessarily even need him to have a great game this week against Brady, but he had an amazing week and I'm very happy to have him on my team. Um, the interesting part of this, I think to me is, is Rob's piece. What did you think about that? Yeah. So, you know, 
this is this is just me. I I love Corey Davis as like. I don't like him as part a big part of a trade as much. You know what I mean? Like I think he's a very good player, but I don't know if I would ever like trade for him because I don't know I don't know what his career will look like after this year. Like and he, I think he'll have a good year this year, you know, contract year, AJ Brown hurt. AJ Brown coming off of the rookie year, right? So he's getting a lot of attention. This is like prime time for Corey Davis, like I just don't know what it's like in terms of longevity. I don't know. He also could just be a receiver who really doesn't peak until, you know, 26, 27, which is fine. And he could be really solid, like a like a wide receiver 2-3 every week or like always pushing for your flex option. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you just turn the calendar back a year, a lot of this trade on paper would actually still make sense, except we would all be a lot more excited for Rob getting Corey Davis. Um, and just the way last year went, he, or sorry, the way last year went for Corey Davis, you know, it wasn't quite the breakout people thought. But like you said, I mean, so far he's performed well this year. And I mean, he was taken that high in the draft for a reason. Maybe he'll he'll still pan out uh, and this will work out. The crazy thing about this trade to me <clears throat> is that when we were all discussing it, it was not in the plans for originally for Noah to get both Saquon Barkley and what will likely be Trevor Lawrence in this trade. Um, Noah is a master negotiator. Originally, it was looking like that first from Rob was going to be David Montgomery. And I would have been much happier with that <laughs> because I could live with Noah having Saquon and, and David Montgomery. But he decided he wanted to kind of blow up his team and go ahead and start that rebuild. And man, that's going to be scary, him having what might turn out to be the first and second overall pick in next year's rookie draft. Yeah, and on top of that, just to remind the viewers at home, uh, Noah in the Flamin' Hot Cheetahs was the youngest team after the draft. He already had the team most poised to like not do stuff this year because the average age was like 23 and a half. And yeah. I don't think he's gotten older very much through these trades. Definitely not. Uh, he gets rid of Dalvin Cook, uh, who's 25, and Saquon Barkley now, you know, he'll be 24 next year. But again, that first round pick is going to be crucial. I like what he's doing. Um, I like that he's moving for the future. Uh, our next trade is actually going to stick here with the Flaming Hot Cheetahs. And I don't like this move as much. Uh, I'll tell you why in a second. But give me your thoughts on he sent Zach Ertz. Uh, over to the God Kings of Brady Hyen for my 2021 second round pick and Brady's 2021 third round pick. Yeah, so I actually like that. That's partially because I don't care about tight ends like you do or think Zach Ertz is worth almost anything. Like, Zach Ertz is an injury machine at 30 who's like on his last year of his contract with Dallas Goddard waiting there. I think it's like fair. Like if like Noah's in strict rebuild, Zach Ertz means nothing to him. But two more picks, especially in this next draft class, even if they're not like super high, like I think even second second round picks are gonna be pretty valuable for the twenty twenty one draft. Much more valuable to his team. Whoever he's going to draft with the second round pick is going to be more value, has a higher potential to be more valuable for more years than Zach Ertz. Just about. 
Yeah, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think if the, the problem with the trade for me is that he got my second round pick from the God Kings and not their their second round pick because as it stands, I'm in second place. The God Kings are in ninth place. So uh, let's just say that it finished that way. Instead of with mine, you're looking at pick 19 versus maybe pick 11 or 12 uh, in the draft. So that's a pretty big drop in in rookies. Uh, I know it doesn't. It may not sound like it, but but it really can be from an elite rookie to just a guy that is more of a dart throw. But I, yeah, I do agree that it makes sense on paper that he would be, be trading Earths for picks. I just I think he could have gotten a little bit more out of it. But yeah, you know who knows? Depending on who who he drafts at the end of that second round, it could be could be just fine. Uh, I do think it makes sense for him to get rid of Ertz as well, just to get him off his team. If he is kind of going for the tanking aspect, because with Goddard going to be missing some time this year now being hurt, it does make sense to uh, get Ertz out of there because he may he may do better now. So good move for Brady getting Ertz. Uh, I thought he won that trade. All right, and then our last trade, another trade for the Cheetahs. Uh, that your favorite tight end position? What do you think about this one? Um, I actually do like this one <clears throat> um, a lot. Like, and mostly I like it because so what it so what what it does for you is it gives you makes you so for listener at home Hunter received um, and the Gotham Knights received Brandon Cooks, David Njoku, and Paris Campbell, and in exchange the Flaming Hot Cheetahs and Noah received Wayne Gallman, who's just like a third streak backup for Saquon, who he just traded for. Mike Gesicki, who is, like, one of the few tight ends who I do think is, like, pretty valuable at his age. Like, that's the thing. The fact that Zach Ertz was traded and then he picks up this, I think is very good. Like, mm-hmm. very good team management trade. And then uh, the 2021 third, you know, just another 2021 pick. And then for you, like, you have a, a, a player that you know is going to be, like, out but is very talented in, in Joku and then same with Paris Campbell right like you got younger in exchange for injuries with those players yeah that was my goal with the trade was to just try to do something to get a little more depth after I had traded away a bunch of assets to kind of get uh, my starting lineup really strong I saw I'd actually to be quite honest I don't remember who started this trade request I think it may have been Noah, but I, I just know he sent me a message talking about, you know, he was interested in Gaseki. Uh, I just wasn't, I, I, I like Gaseki a lot and I didn't want to let him go for just Brandon Cooks. Um, so we ended up kind of working in Cooks and Campbell. And then that was when I was like, well, I don't want to not have a potential other tight end in case something happens to Noah Fant. So I went after Njoku, who I really like. I think I've even talked about him on this podcast before. I think he's the better tight end over Austin Hooper. And once he comes back from injury, I think he'll he'll be great in case I ever need him there. So yeah. Uh, and then the pick he got for me was Rob's third round pick. So I mean, that's basically pick 21, 22. Uh, great pick for Noah there. So I think this is a very fair trade on both sides. Makes a lot of sense. Yes. And I just want to I want to. I do want to talk about Noah's picks for a second, just to, to put it out there. So let's assume because he has Rob's first pick. Let's say that Rob goes goes twelve and Noah goes eleven. He's in full tank, right? That means Noah would start this rookie draft with picks one, two, fourteen. Then he'll ha- because he'll have Rob's pick. 
Then he'll have Wait. his 14th pick. We only have 10 teams. Oh, we, I'm sorry. I was thinking we had 12. So it'd be, he'd be at 1, 2, 12. And then he'd have Hunter's third round. So something in like the 18, 19, you know, 15 to the 19 sort of range. Um, then he'll have a tw- like the 22nd pick. And then another one in the third round. Like, he has so many picks. He owns, like, five picks in the first three rounds. Yeah, and of them being at the top of those rounds, uh, that is that is pretty scary. And again, we've talked about it on the show. This upcoming draft will be odd, and we don't really know what it'll look like, but it's always good to have more chances at getting those players than, than fewer. So, uh, well done, Noah. I, I've commended you on this on these moves privately, but here's your public recognition. I like the direction that you're going. All right, with that, we're going to head on to our week three matchups. We Let me give a quick overview of the standings for everyone at home. Uh, in 10th, we have Touchdown to Nabby. In 9th, we have the God Kings, Brady Hyen. 8, Flamin' Hot Cheetahs, Noah. 7, Marley Magic, Ryan. 6, the Popular Ballers. This is where the playoffs start, so that's our first playoff spot. Number 5, we have the Pit Kings of Colton. 4, we have the Winter Faces, Wyatt. Three, the Matriarchs, Katie after a close loss to you, Spicer, who are in first place, and then I'm right there in second place. So let's start with your matchup because we had a a great Monday night scare with Hollywood Brown just bringing you a a narrow three-point victory over Katie's Matriarchs. This was our our big Ravens versus Chiefs of our league, the two two 2-0 teams facing off, and you came out on top. I did. It was very scary. And, you know, I... The night before, I was like, "Dude, this is a, this is a classic. Like, things can go wrong in prime time, doomsday scenario for me." I was pretty freaked out, and I was actually looking to see, like, is there someone who I think I can pick up who is going to be more cons- like, not to say Hollywood Brown's not consistent, which is what I came to eventually. But like, I have Willie Sneed, and I was considering playing Willie Sneed on the uh, instead of him, just because I was like, "Dude, Willie Sneed will catch one ball." He'll catch one ball, and that's all I needed. But thankfully, Hollywood ended up doing it at the end. But this is classic fantasy talk, but I had Pat Mahomes going in another league, and I needed him to have at least, like, 25 to win. So it actually worked out great for me because by Pat just going off, like, the Ravens get stuck in having to at least think about throwing the ball more frequently at the end. So I figured at the, once they got up by a lot, I was like, oh, he'll get garbage time catches at, at worst. Absolutely. And it, it always seems like it never works out when you have those two like competing players on different fantasy teams. It never perfectly works out for you to get both W's, but uh, glad that it did for you here. Uh, let's talk about a matchup here that wasn't very close, but we had Touchdown and Abby at 119 versus the Pitt Kings. Colton finally got his W uh, at 158 points there. Uh, bumps him all the way up to fifth place and uh, into the playoff picture. I thought this was uh, good for Colton to get back on track. Uh, I know it's rough for Rob to start 0-3, but Rob, you're only one game out of the playoffs right now, so don't don't get too sad. Um, anything here pop out for you about, about Colton? Um, I think the only thing that, probably similar to like if you looked at my team a lot, we like his 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 players that scored they just absolutely went off and so so many people underperformed but so many people like doubled their projection sort of deal like Eckler at thirty one, Keenan Allen at thirty, Tyler Boyd at twenty two, 
Calvin Ridley at 16. But it was like a tough week for Lamar Jackson, as we know. Tough week for Phillip Rivers. Just like boring, like fantasy week. Uh, also, I just hate Joe Mixon. I was just sitting there. I just, I know that you like that dude, but man, I think that he is trash. He needs to get out. If there's a team that needs to, to go after Marlon Mack in the offseason, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. That is a terrible take. Uh, Joe Mixon is amazing, and it is mm-hmm. not his fault that he runs behind the worst offensive line in football. Uh, if you just watch him play, he's very shifty, and he's it's not his fault. I promise you. He's good, and if uh, you're not in the league, his nickname on Colton's team is Will Not Trade to H. Hawes because I have tried many times to get Joe Mixon on my team. Right now it's working out because he hasn't had any success fantasy wise yet but but just wait he's still only 24 he will prove to be great last year down the stretch he ran for more yards than anybody so just watch out uh yeah i'm not taking that joe mixon slander on my podcast okay next we have the flaming hot cheetahs fresh off all these trades versus marley magic giving marley and and uh, ryan their first win a, a great win here scoring 167 points led by nick chubb and tyler lockett my goodness yeah, dude, Tyler Lockett had an amazing day. I love that player. I have him. I when you know, I have him in some other leagues too. He was like my diversify pick. Amazing. Also, Michael Gallup finally showing up, remembering that football is being played. Yeah, that's really great news for me. I have Gallup in my rebuilding team on my other dynasty league, so I was happy to see that he's not disappearing because of CD Lamb. So, congrats, Marley. You are right outside the. Uh, playoff picture just uh, on a tiebreaker of points so uh, look out I, I told you to hang in there and uh, you got to win Up uh, next, can we can we pause for a second real quick I, w- I do want to talk about the Marley the Marley magic uh, starting uh, AJ Dillon yeah that's uh, due, due to uh, injuries and and some, some that's problems. a bummer yeah yeah might want to hit the trade market you've got a lot of injuries i'm just scrolling through your team seeing the word out a lot um but i also think you uh you should still have all your picks i guess it just depends on what you want to do if you're not wanting to to get rid of those picks to compete this year it may just be part of it and you did lose marlon Mack, so but yeah that is tough i did not realize that he had to start him uh jd mckissick has at least scored some points might want to look at him next week yeah well and i think that that was who it was sort of debated between, and because and, I was talking with him, and the only reason AJ Dillon comes up, it's like he, at least the Green Bay Packers give the ball to like all the committee of backs thing. You just hope that he gets something. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. That, that is impressive. He scored 167 points with a zero. So, well done, Marley. Uh, find a running back, and uh, you might see yourself firmly in the playoff race. All right, next we have the Winter Faces versus the Popular Ballers. This was another primetime great matchup. Came down to Monday night. The Winter Faces were down by 34 points with just Patrick Mahomes and Mark Andrews going into it. And my my goodness, did Patrick Mahomes win this one for him? Oh, yeah. What a, what a joy. What a treat that we get to watch Pat Mahomes play schoolyard football on a national stage against arguably the best other team. Like, now... Now, Spicer, I don't know if you heard his mom on, on the broadcast, but he's tired of, of these media members calling her son Pat. It's Patrick. Am I a member of the media? I guess we are now. We have a podcast. I'm trying, Mrs. Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> 
if you're listening, thanks for listening. I'll start calling him Patrick. This is Patrick, like SpongeBob. <laughs> but yeah, it was a joy to watch that guy last night. Just the shovel pass, the pass to the big lineman, just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Dude, the 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 roll when he rolls to his left, it's the most unbelievable thing. When he turns his, his it's like his the torso hips. and like in his hips are. It, it just has free spinning, and he can turn his body all the way the opposite direction of his legs and then just fling the ball. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't look physically possible. I, I'm pretty sure if I did, if I had turned like that while running, I would probably end up in the hospital. Yeah, or I'd fall. I'd just <laughs> yeah. trip over myself. Yeah, so very impressive. Uh, congrats on the win there for the winter faces. Uh, he's starting to put things together like we thought in the, he would in the preseason. All right, I guess let's see. That leaves uh, my matchup here, uh, the Gotham Knights. I defeated the God Kings from Brady, 175 to 112. The biggest blowout of the week, uh, thanks to Russell Wilson, Dalvin Cook. Uh, Those were my two big scores, but also Mike Davis coming in with 23 points for me. Uh, Very happy to see that work out uh, in my flex. And... uh, Brady just kind of had a rough go of it. Tannehill didn't put up any numbers. He had a zero from John Brown. Goddard got hurt. Uh, and then just some underperformers there. Yes, but it was good to see Miles Sanders have a nice solid game, get back on track for him. He sort of struggled, I think, these first couple weeks. Not been amazing. Very true. And McKinnon did well. I know he started him. Uh, it was, there was kind of a question mark of that. And there always will be, I think, with that San Francisco backfield. There's just so mm-hmm. many guys, and it seems like all of them are hurt, but all of them are kind of still playing. But uh, McKinnon's still putting up some good numbers for him there. So that's our blow-through here of all of the games. And now it is the moment you've all been waiting for, all of our awards to give out. Spicer, I'm going to let you start. All right. So first award, this is the Sex Up or Shut Up Award. And so if you weren't with us last week, this award goes to the manager who I think had the, uh, the, the biggest, uh, just saying, screw it. We got to do something big here and played a player who really panned out. And that one this week goes to the popular ballers playing Adam Lazard. How can Alan Lazard just going off for him, keeping him in that game? Really? The, the reason he has a chance against Pat Mahomes here on Monday night. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm mad at Lazard because he actually caused me to lose my other game. I just needed Aaron Jones to outscore him. You would think that would happen. It didn't. Uh, Lazard looked great with 146 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I think he definitely deserves this award. Congratulations to Mr. Lazard. All right, I will give out my Corporate Global Workman of the Week award. And I, I will say real quick, I'm going to do the honorary uh, mention here, big honorable mention. Because I was going to actually give this award again to one of your players. Uh, thankfully, I didn't have to after last night because we might have gotten some some uh, pushback there. But I was going to give it jointly to Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett for both of our teams because they really did some work uh, just destroying people. Lockett, or wait, Lockett's not on your team, is he? No, no okay. Marley has. Uh, so that actually would have been okay to give it to Lockett. But uh, I'm sorry, Marley. I'm not going to give you your first award. I'm going to actually have to give this to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, let's be real. That man put in a lot of work. It's 40 points. Just unbelievable. Four touchdowns, 380 yards, 
another touchdown on the ground. That that five touchdowns is insane. Uh, single-handedly gave the winner faces the win. Uh, going into it, he needed Mark Andrews to do something, and Mark Andrews could have scored zero, and the winner faces still would have won. So congratulations to Patrick Mahomes, as if you need any more awards in your cabinet. All right, Spice, I think you're up. All right, so so next award is uh, we're about to put somebody on notice. So, but with when you get put on notice... Here's the thing. You don't get taken off until you until you, you do something. You gotta score. So TY. You're still on notice, bro. But we got another player on the on the list. We're gonna have to keep track of everyone who's on notice as the season goes along. But man, let me tell you, this this man deserves to be put on notice. And he has just struggled this year. And he's been hot hot or cold in years past. But Kenyon Drake, brother, you getting put <laughs> on notice. Yes, tell me about it. Dude, it's been a struggle. And I'm happy because I played against him, and I actually have had him in years past, and I like him as a player. Like, I want him to do well. He just, like, he just can't find where he fits into into the Arizona offense very well. Yeah, and, you know, I think it doesn't help him that Kyler Murray is so electric on the ground, but in the past, the Arizona offense had, had used the running back a lot receiving we know david johnson excelled in that uh role before he had gotten hurt and i think drake did well in that last year as well but only eight points this week yikes and we talked about him as potentially the biggest bust so far in the fantasy season and he's he's living up to that so all right i like this Kenyon drake on notice love it all right, up next for me, we are going to take a look into the multiverse of sports. And today, as always, in the multiverse of sports, we talk about a big what if in, in sports, usually in the NFL, and then talk about a what if in our own league. So today, I'm going to talk about one I think our, our fans will like, knowing our demographic. I have a lot of thoughts on this one, but before I share them, Spicer, how would our lives be different if the Rams stayed in St. Louis. Oh, man. How would our lives be different? Oh, my goodness. Well, for starters, I'm, I'm not sure if everyone would be a Titans fan who I'm friends with who, are, who have moved from Missouri, since mm-hmm. most of, like, half our league is from Missouri. So there's that. Because this gives us an enjoyable thing to, like, rally around. We have a sports team that we can all like together in the Titans. Um... I do think that the Rams would would have sold more. Like the, I think the ownership is would have been so cheap that after they made that Super Bowl run, like they would have sold the team pretty much. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that. Like very similar to like the Titans in their first three years. It's like they didn't re-sign Steve McNair after the three-year run from like '99 to 2001, 2002. Um, didn't get Eddie George back. Like they just started losing pieces because they didn't have the cash. And I think that's probably what would have happened with the Rams. Like I don't think a lot of their players would still be there. Yeah, I, I do think. You know, we have no idea how the team would look, but just for this, for the sake of discussion, you know, we can say that everything on the field would have stayed the same. Uh, my main thing in thinking about this was how much it would have changed the dynamic of our friend group in our league, as far as the fandom goes. 
because right now you've got all these uh, adopted Titans fans now that they live in Nashville. Uh, but I know deep down they, uh, they're sad about the Rams. They wish the Rams had stayed in St. Louis, especially with that Super Bowl run. It would have just been uh, been a lot of fun for them. Um, and now that the Rams are putting it together. I know they didn't pull it off this week against Buffalo, but but I think they're, they're going to be okay. Um, but yeah, it would have... I don't know. I, I feel really bad for the city of St. Louis still. I mean, I know this was just, it just felt so dirty and icky when they left. And then it kind of just caused this insane chain reaction of, of teams moving around and it's confusing now. And, you know, the Chargers aren't in San Diego and there's they were sharing fields and stuff. And then the, the Raiders moved to Las Vegas. And if everybody would have just stayed put, then people wouldn't accidentally say San Diego Chargers or or LA Raiders anymore and we or Oakland Raiders and it would have just been a lot less see how confused I am I can't even remember where they were <laughs> so I this is one that uh I wish would have happened you know I am a Colts fan but I always liked the Rams kind of uh secondarily as as my team I think because when I was a kid I didn't like the Titans and so I, I was rooting for you know those Kurt Warner teams uh those were always fun so Oh, here's another thing in yeah. the multiverse. I don't think they'd have their new royal blue, yellow gradient numbers thing. That's, That's true. definitely an LA vibe. That's true. We would have gotten to keep. I like the old Rams uniforms way better than the, the that new logo is just so bad. Um, yeah, I agree, dude. I hate it. That's yeah. that's a great point. So, uh, speaking of one of these Missouri boys, I'm going to talk about Aaron this week for his in his multiverse world. Uh, you know, I understand why he started Michael Pittman in the flex because Paris Campbell was out and the Colts had a good matchup in the Jets. So he's probably thinking, yeah, Pittman will probably, you know, get a lot more catches and things like that. But it did not work out. He only scored five points and now he is uh, going to have to have surgery on his lower leg. So that part you couldn't have predicted. So no hard feelings there. But he had only had three points and seven points going into the game. And so what I'm thinking here is if I were you, I, I may have tried to start one of the New England running backs. And it, I hate owning New England running backs. So uh, it's tough to decide which one to do. So no pressure there. But in this case, even if you picked the lower scoring one, Sony Michelle, you would have won your matchup because without James White, Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead both had a lot of playing time against the Raiders. <clears throat> and they both popped off. Um, 16 points for Michelle, 34 for Rex Burkhead. This would have given you the victory over the winner faces and allowed you to keep your spot in fourth place. But now uh, you're on the playoff bubble. Yeah, and I will say, in his defense too, he's got Julio out right now, which I think messes up. That That's like normally where Michael Pittman would have been, right? Like Right, yeah. So... so like I said, I don't blame him for starting yeah. uh, Pittman at all, but in a different uh, universe here, in the multiverse, he would have started a Patriots running back and, and uh, felt a lot better about his team. So, all right, uh, your last award, Spicer. So my last award, Pinchable Cheeks Award, and this goes to a player who I just like, who I'm just feeling all warm and fuzzy about inside right now. And that player this week is on the Pit Kings, and his name and he wasn't the highest scorer, but I do just love him, is Tyler Boyd. He put up 22 points with no touchdowns, 10 catches for 125 yards. Just That is just what you want from a wide receiver. When you can go out there and just grab yards and not have to be touchdown dependent, that's when you become like top tier. Like 
all right, just stick him in every week sort of player. He's gone back-to-back 20-point weeks now. Absolutely. I love Tyler Boyd. Uh, I could read you some some private messages between Colton and I as I have tried to go after Tyler Boyd several times <laughs> to get him on my team. I think especially paired with Joe Burrow. That guy has a, a pretty big future ahead of him. He may not ever be the you know wide receiver one, top 10 receiver, but like you said, uh, he's going to have a lot of consistent weeks with no touchdowns, and then when he gets in the end zone, he'll be scoring up there in the, the high 20s, uh, early 30s. So Great, great choice. I absolutely agree with you. I would love to have him on my team. All right, up next, we have the Dion Lewis Hunter's Hunches. And, of course, we have to <laughs> recap week one on this, which was hilariously an, just an utter miss by me. Um, I said that Wyatt should have started uh, Joshua Kelly of the Chargers over James Robinson. And then, of course, James Robinson <laughs> pops off on Thursday Night Football for over 30 points. Now, I will I'll, I'll hand up. I missed this one. Absolutely did. Um, I don't think it was a crazy prediction, though. Uh, I, nobody saw James Robinson's receiving work uh, coming. That's the thing for me. Uh, that guy had uh, six catches for 83 yards in the, in the air. He only ran for uh, 46 yards, um, but he got two touchdowns and then that receiving work. So, all right, you know, hand up. I'm 0-1. So, you know, if this trend continues, then you all should actually be thankful for this segment because you can just start fading my picks and, and <laughs> doing great. So, I've, I've got a second one for you all this week. And this time, uh, and also, I don't know if I said this, but these are always going to be uh, – I'm going to try to make these always on losing teams so that, you know, they can bounce back next week. So, this week I'm going to go with the God Kings. So, Brady, listen up here. Um, you've got Chase Claypool – a rookie for the Steelers on your bench. And let's see, this week he only scored three points. Uh, so you may be thinking, why the heck are you even bringing this guy up? But Deontay Johnson on my team did go down with a concussion. So he may be, you know, playing some more this week if, if Johnson can't go. But either way, I like his matchup against the Titans this week. And I think he's going to outscore one, if not two of your starters. So this also could help you out because John Brown is hurt, uh, had a calf injury. Uh, I don't know if I would start him over him if he's healthy, but Keenan Cole of the Jaguars, I think it's time to put that guy on the bench. Uh, we've seen James Robinson take a step forward. Lavishka Chenault on the Jaguars has been playing well, and now Didi Westbrook is back. So Keenan Cole has a lot uh, harder of a path to points this week than Chase Claypool does. So there we have it. Dion Lewis, Hunter's Hunches. Watch out for Chase Claypool. Yes, especially coming off. Think about it. He's the Justin Jefferson of the Steelers. That's right, my friend. Absolutely. And with that, should we talk about the AFC South? Yeah, let's let's do it. So we can get the Colts talk out of the way early. Two and one against a bad Jets team. This is where we figured we would be. Uh, I'm not. I'm really not too upset about that Jaguars loss uh, anymore. I. I think it's fine, especially at Jacksonville. I'm really not too sad about it. So the Colts have a pretty great schedule ahead of them. So I don't, I don't know if we're good yet. I really, I kind of don't think we are actually, even though I thought we would be. But uh, we're going to keep winning games. So that's a plus. Now, the Texans continued their death run 0-3. Uh, poor, poor Texans. Yeah, dude, they are. They're struggling. They also have a terrible, terrible schedule. Yeah, Chiefs. Ravens Steelers that's not fair yeah and they go to Minnesota who is like a team who is going to be pissed off right now yeah that's for sure I thought that would uh 
that would help the Vikings win this week, but it obviously didn't. So Texans are not looking like they're in this race. We'll see if they can get together a streak. All right, let's get to the Titans. Uh, before we dig too deep, Spicer, I need. I think I need some therapy. Can, okay. Can you help me with that? I can indeed. Okay. So we didn't even talk about the SEC coming back. That's great. Gosh. Um, rough uh, first week for, for my Wildcats. I'm not too upset about it. I mean, I'm sad, but we were supposed to lose that game. But I was very high on, on Kentucky going into the week, and I wasn't alone. There there was a lot of uh, pundits nationally that thought we could pull some upsets off uh, against Auburn, but that's okay. We didn't. Um, terrible call at the end of the first half, just classic Kentucky football, a clear touchdown, changed the game, whatever. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too sad. I mean, I'm not too uh, mad about it. It happened. Auburn's number eight for a reason. So I just, I just feel... Like I'm in a, a rough place between becoming a villain or just uh, having to bring back some of my takes. I just feel a lot of adversity from our fans, uh, from uh, from our our Slack group, and I know I bring a lot of it upon myself. But I think they're too hard on me. What What do you think, Spicer? So here's what I think: <clears throat> is Hunter, you're the only person who who gives hot takes in our channel. So we need someone to do it. We need. You know, I, I was thinking about this, like, really, you, you, you are our, you, you are the driver of all of our football discussion. So without hot takes, what would we talk about? Also, it's amazing because now we have, like, we have the Dion Lewis copy pasta forever and ever now. But like, part of that's because like, I don't know if I've ever made a prediction, Hunter, like, <laughs> but, but I'm also someone who it's like, if you look at who I play, like. I never swap out, like, I almost never match up swap in fantasy. Like, I just play, like, my straight best players. Uh, so, part of that is just, like, you're also someone who's not a safe sports fan. Whereas, like, I am so guarded about that stuff. So, I think it is good. Also, because you actually, like, care and pay attention enough to actually have some kind of opinion. So, I think you should keep doing it, because if you don't, like... What am I going to do? The, the closest I've gotten is saying Joe Mixon is terrible, which I was promptly shut down. Didn't even get a, get, didn't even get a chance to get posted. Uh, that's a good point. And, you know, the Dion Lewis one is not even one that, that hurts me. I, like, I think it's hilarious, and I deserve to forever be made fun of for that. Uh, and I, I take it in stride. And I tr- I'm trying not to sound like a, a crybaby here. I because but it, it's starting it's at times it starts to feel personal. And I don't know if it's because most of our interaction and not from you, but I don't know if most of it is from it's because we're talking over text or because maybe I'm just deeply insecure in my own life or something. But I, I, I just feel these little shots and I, I feel them in the Slack reactions. I feel them in the my my trade negotiations with certain people via via uh private message where it's like everyone wants me to just be this evil maniac <laughs> who is like either thinks or is really good at fantasy football so you, you can't trade with him you you can't listen to him he says all these things about the titans that are untrue but then i have to tell myself and i, I i'm starting to feel it actually i I might have to just become a villain and just really <laughs> lean into it. And that way, whatever you all say just doesn't bother me because I don't care because a lot of them don't even know anything about football. <laughs> and I, I think I realized that when when I won't call the person out because they're not on the podcast. So we can wait for that later. But somebody you know, in one of our chats was like, oh, I thought the Titans couldn't win from behind. You know, I guess we'll hear about that on the podcast. And I was like, 
I never said they couldn't. I just said I didn't think they could. And I'm not crazy. Spicer, please explain to these people that if if your main offense is running the football and then using play action, you're not meant to play from behind. Like, that's just common sense. Yeah. Also, because uh, we haven't talked much about the specific game. Like, we kicked, what, six field goals? Yeah, you had six field goals. You guys can't do, you're, you're inefficient as crap. That's not that's not a formula that's going to win. That If that guy has a week one performance again, he's off the team. You're you're one and two. Like, you're, you're relying on your kicker, which is fine. Like, but that's not going to... I, I, I will say this because then it will come back to bite me. So you're welcome in advance, Titans fans. You cannot continue to win games solely with Steven Gostkowski. Dude, yeah, that's what that's what people told me back in 99. But man, Al Del Greco just went out there and booted that ball a hundred times. It seemed like that season and we won football games. So, uh, you know, uh, part of it is too that the Titans have never been a come from behind team. Like it's it always feels like a miracle to come from behind. Like every iteration of the Titans that has been worth anything has pounded the football and played defense. And if you get behind, it's tough. But thankfully they're pretty good at those two things that they never get behind. Or it's pretty rare. So I think we dodged the bullet getting a win. Honestly. Yeah, I do too. And like I said, I think that and this this is something that happened is happening in our country right now. But I think you all want me to hate the Titans more than I do, and I think you want me to say that they're like terrible. I don't think they're terrible. I just don't think that they're as good as as you all as fans that don't know a lot about like actual football think they are. And that's fine. I am gonna have to be a villain. I've decided in this moment in in my chair I'm gonna be a bad guy. So I'll let me throw out a couple more things. I'm in second place. I'm undefeated in fantasy football. And if that's got to give me something. I've made a lot of trades. Some of them have been bad, but most of them have been good. And I hope I go undefeated and just continue pounding you. I beat Brady by like 60 points. That felt good because I, I, I see your little reactions in Slack, Brady taunting my gambling. So until you all start throwing out your hot takes and everything, I'm just going to have to accept my role here at the top. And also, let me say this. You know, Spicer, I don't. I know your fandom for Michigan is not as fervent as, say, like mine for Kentucky is. But I, I feel like you're you're going to be able to relate to what I'm about to say to, in some regards. Maybe it's the Predators, maybe it's uh, the Titans. But have you ever had a coworker that does not care about sports, or at least doesn't have quote unquote a team? But he knows he or she knows that you'd have a team. So, like for me, let's say it's it's the. the the Kentucky Wildcats and you walk into work Monday, like after a bad loss to Auburn and this coworker that doesn't care about any sports is like, ha ha Kentucky lost. It's like, you don't get to say that. What, who do you, you don't know anything. Like you don't have a team. Indeed. I know exactly what this is and on, on both sides. So like on the one side, like this year when, or like this past year, not the, the 2019 or sorry, the 2018, 2019 season, when the Preds lost to the Dallas Stars, I heard people from Dallas like talking about it. I'm like, dude, can you name any anyone on the Dallas Stars team? Just anyone. Yeah. And it's like, no, oh, no, no clue. But I think that that's how people felt about the Preds. It's like, who are these Nashville Hicks who know nothing about hockey? Which was true. Like, I used to think icing was when skaters stopped, stopped and sprayed snow everywhere as a kid. So like, <laughs> that's how that's how far we've come. We live in a society. So yeah, I just I get it. that type of person. I feel like we have several of those in our league. So especially on the college level, I you know I saw I saw your shots at the Wildcats, and you, you guys don't care about 
college football, so leave me alone. Kentucky is not supposed to be good, and we are good, so let me have this, okay? I We didn't have to beat Auburn on the road to, to be good, so I'm just saying, I... I am gonna have to turn off the sensitivity and turn on the anger and the villain, the villainry. So, just know that it's coming. And uh, I'm three zero, and none of you except for Spicer are. So, I guess I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Can I? Can I also say too? I think a lot of it is also like you are the commissioner of the league. There's already a specific amount of hate you get, no matter how good of a which you've done a great job of commissioning. But no matter how how much you do, like the commissioner always takes some brunt. But couple that with the fact that, like, you are also, like you said, one of the only other undefeated teams, like, tied for first. And so it's like, you also just have a target on your back. Like, you're also just good. That's fair. Yeah, if my team wasn't doing well, this may not be great. But the Colts are going to beat the Titans this year and probably win the division. So, all right, I think that's our podcast. Excellent. Uh, yeah, so thank you guys for listening. As always, if you have any feedback, let us know. Spicer, it's been a pleasure. It, as always, it's been a pleasure. All right, see you all next week.